I would say be patient in the growth process of what you intend to build. Uh, mm -hmm. Rome wasn't built in a day, but it was built. So lay the groundwork of the company, uh, create slow but steady systems and processes uh, within your company that you can apply every day. Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of The Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur that's grown uh, several businesses to uh, seven and eight figure uh, uh, businesses, as well as the CEO and founder of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And today we have another great guest on the, at the uh, podcast, Jacqueline Madison. And Jacqueline will tell a little bit more about herself, but to give you just a brief intro. Uh, so Jacqueline started as a real estate agent, had a sales and marketing background. And then at one point they decided as a shoot, they were doing a photo shoot at some of the real estate, at a real estate location that uh, it would be fun to start a magazine. So she then went on to do three different magazines, some of which did great, some of which failed. And she'll talk a little bit more about that. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the magazine she's doing today. So welcome on to the podcast, Jacqueline. Uh, hi, Devin. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be with you to spend some time with you today. So I gave a brief introduction, a little about uh, your, your journey and your background and whatnot. But maybe if you want to uh, share a little bit more about your journey and uh, we can uh, have a great conversation. Sure. So I'm originally from South Africa, but I've been in the U.S. for a long time now. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur at heart, uh, but uh, yes, I did start my, my professional career in real estate as an agent, and then I quickly became a broker. Uh, and then, as you said, we, we had uh, like a $20 million listing, and my sister wanted to do a photo shoot. And so as I was directing the shoots, I was inspired to maybe start a calendar or a magazine, and, and the seed to create a magazine was born. Uh, and so I started my first magazine with my family and um, then decided, and that was a money pit, learned what not to do, started so my second magazine. Jump off that, what was the first magazine? What was it about? Or what did you, what was your first interest in the magazine? Well, all three of them have been luxury lifestyle publications. I definitely don't want to give them any glory because they were failures, <laughs> but they, they were all in the luxury space. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Rancho Santa Fe magazine was the second one, which was a community publication in San Diego. And then uh, it had a growth ceiling. And then I went looking for an opportunity that had greater growth potential. And um, God put it on my heart to look for Beverly Hills magazine and the trademark was available. Lo and behold, I couldn't believe it. That was a miracle in itself. And so I went for it and I've been so building it before, one article at a time. Before you jump on that, and we will absolutely get to the third magazine, the current Beverly Hills, but you said the second magazine was which one again? So that was Rancho Santa Fe magazine, which is an affluent community in San Diego. So is the idea, and not putting words in your mouth, so correct me where I'm wrong, was the idea that you kind of, it's a magazine that's kind of the goings on and the things that are, the businesses are there, the up and coming things within that community. Is that kind of where it's, uh, what it's geared towards? Yeah, so luxury lifestyle, which is travel, cars, fashion, you know, the, the mm -hmm. general luxury space. And then 
business leader profiles, uh, community leaders, it, you know, more geared to a community type feel. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, now that I'm doing Beverly Hills Magazine, it's, it's the same type of thing, but obviously our community leaders are, are more like celebrities and things like that. So, because okay. they're the residents and so before I let you, let you jump off, I'm going to ask you at least one more question on the second magazine, which is, sure. so, you know, so you get to where you said that there was a limited growth potential. Does that just mean that there was a limited amount of customers or clientele or people that would be readers or that more advertisers or just trying to understand, you know, so you, you had the first magazine, did it with the family, decided that wasn't working out. You went to the second one, you know, kind of as you learned the lessons of what, you know, what to do along the way. What was the what limited the growth potential, or what stopped it, for, or the second magazine from being as big? Well, because it was a very small community, the subscribership base was going to be limited in itself, and then also because of that, it, it obviously isn't it wasn't a grow a global brand name, so it didn't have scalability factor, you know, uh, and I recognize that. But, but in and of itself, it could have done well had the next door of opportunity not opened for me, which had greater growth potential, which is what I'm doing now. Uh, and actually, the, when I realized that it was not going to be what I, or reach the level of success that I aspired to, was when I hosted an event and I, it was like a high ticket event and like nobody showed up. Mm -hmm. And I had it like catered and it was at a mansion and I realized, oh my gosh, my vision or my dream is not suited to this community. You know, like I was thinking bigger than, than the, the, the pond I was playing in or, you know, the field I was playing on. My dreams were bigger. Uh, and so by the grace of God, you know, he let me start Beverly Hills Magazine. And I was living in San Diego. I didn't have any money. I didn't have any connections. I was just trying to grow a business. I was trying to pursue my dreams and make it happen. Uh, when, when the door of opportunity to create Beverly Hills Magazine opened to me. And I was super excited. So, so when you hit that growth or kind of that, you realize, hey, this isn't a good fit. This is, you know, I'm going to have limited growth or I can only grow it to so big and I'd like to have bigger aspirations. You know, what was that transition like? Was it just simply, okay, I'm done with the magazine that I've, you know, spent a period of time. Did you wind it down? Did you sell it off? You know, how did you transition from the second magazine to the magazine you're at today? Yeah, it was basically an immediate shutdown and I just completely shifted focus to putting all of my time and attention to building and growing the Beverly Hills magazine. Um, it was just plain as day that that was going to be a complete waste of my time to continue to pursue. And I had the trademark. All I had was the trademark actually of Beverly Hills magazine. I didn't even have the URL. It was, it was, it wasn't even available. Obviously, you know, these companies buy up all these URLs and then they sure. hope, you know, but that was also another miracle. I didn't spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get it, but that's another story. I got very lucky on that negotiation, which is why I ultimately have beverlyhillsmagazine.com now. So, on, but, so, you know, and I, I said, I, I know I keep dragging you back to the, the no, past. No, it's fine. But on that one, so, you know, how long did you put in, or, you know, how long did you build the second magazine? That was about a year, a year where I, I published an issue mm -hmm. every two months. It was, 
yeah, bi-monthly, you know, so I had to do the same work. I had to build it and, and interview people and, and get ads and kind of learn the process of building a magazine. But in hindsight, if that magazine had reached a level of success where I was, let's say, comfortable, you know, even financially or, or um, yeah, financially, really, um, I wouldn't have been seeking another opportunity. So I think sometimes things don't work out for a good reason because there's a greater opportunity around the corner. That's why some may perceive it as a failure, but I don't really believe in failure anymore. I think that the things that perceivably fail are stepping stones on our journey and our trajectory to our, our next level of success. Okay, no, and the, and the reason I ask, and I think that makes good sense, is because what you'll do a lot of times, you know, or at least you see sometimes with inventors or with people or startups or small businesses, kind of anything where you're growing something, is that you'll get locked into an idea, right? You'll say, okay, I've invested a year of my life, or I've invested so much money or so much time, and so you're reticent to, you know, shut it down or close it off and go after that bigger opportunity because you're saying, hey, I've already invested so much in this other one, I don't want to, you know, lose out on that. And so that's why I was just, you know, probing a bit right. of curious is, you know, how people are to make that decision. How do you make or make the decision that, you know, let's shut this down. Let's go for the new opportunity because I think that's better as opposed to, hey, we need, I've already invested so much. Let's keep on this. Well, you have to sharpen your instincts and you have to trust your instincts and you have to be willing to make quick decisions and be willing to shut the door on something. Sometimes you're going to have to end relationships in business. You're going to have to fire uh, employer, I mean, employees. You're going to have to stop using a platform because it's no longer effective or suitable to your, your marketing purposes or needs or whatever the case may be. You know, you, as an entrepreneur, as the owner of your own company, you have to be uh, willing to make these tough decisions and make them very quickly if need be in order to keep moving forward and then stay on a, a, a progressive trajectory of growth. Otherwise you're going to stagnate, mm. you know, and it's all about moving forward. So no, I, that I, I requires make... some sort of momentum, you know? Yeah, no, I think that makes perfect sense. So now, now we'll jump to kind of the third magazine, which is, you know, the Beverly Hills magazine. So as you're doing that and you're looking at it and saying, okay, here's the third magazine. I'm going to start it up, get that going, do somewhat of this overlay of this, uh, what you've done on the other magazines, but I have a better audience. I can, you know, uh, have a better growth potential. How did that third one? So did you learn from the, the, the thing? Did you make or have lessons you learned from the first two magazines? Did you apply those? Was it still a rocky, you know, rocky start or ups and downs? Or how did that uh, starting in the third magazine go? So rewind, rewind real quick. So the first magazine, we didn't take the time to build the company. We didn't build the infrastructure, the systems or processes on the back end to create a solid foundation. We just thought we could fund it and put money into marketing and it was going to fly. Well, it flopped. It was a complete failure. Not to mention management issues with family, which I don't recommend. So I decided to venture off on my own. Second magazine, I learned how to create a digital publication, put together the components of a magazine single-handedly. Uh, but again, with the growth ceiling, uh, I started Beverly Hills Magazine. I have learned such valuable lessons that I've been able to apply to this venture, including uh, how necessary it is to lay the groundwork, to set up proper infrastructure in terms of organization on the back end, systems and processes that will 
uh, be the the support of your the whole company, you know. Uh, went for me being in the public publishing space, uh, content management, uh, marketing, social media marketing, database management, because obviously I, I have clients not only for uh, digital advertisements, but print, and then now I'm moving into producing Beverly Hills Magazine TV. So I have so many different departments of the company to manage and, and mm. compartmentalize and keep systemized. So... Uh, that was one of the biggest lessons is setting up systems and processes as the foundation and infrastructure of the company and then not funding it. You have to build it first and, and um, set up the, the, the income generators mm. and, and grow them over time. It's, it doesn't have, you've got to be patient and be willing to be willing to, uh, I don't want to say test the processes, but you have to, you have to implement them over time and stay consistent because for the first few years, as I was writing and building content and then also establishing the different systems, whether it's the social media marketing on a regular routine or um, content publishing and pushing to the, to the different platforms. And I felt almost robotic because it was so, redundant it was you know so repetitive but mm. that's almost necessary so sometimes if you get too restless and you want to try change things up in your business too often then you're actually going to lose the necessary system that has to be built and uh, which requires a, a repetitive process so that is highly important Okay. No, I think that I, and I agree. You're talking to someone who loves systems. I like to, I'm what, I'm a system person. I like to have a routine. I also like to, to look for, for places where I can automate it or the things that you exactly. do on a repetitive basis where you can take it, you know, take out those steps you don't need to and those type of things. So I'm in complete agreement. So, so yeah. circling now back to the question I asked, which is, so, you know, you learn from the mistakes, you know, and kind of, and it seems like, you know, a lot of times as you're doing whatever the business is, as you do multiple startups, you start to learn the things that you shouldn't do and also the things that you should do. And yet with these, with these business or with these startup, with these different projects, you still have things that were unanticipated or the ups and downs or figuring new things out. Was that the case here? Did you, was there still those kind of ups and downs they're figuring out or by the third one that were you able to just uh, simply get it up or get it up and running and it, uh, have a home run success? <laughs> you know, I think, Throughout our journey of life, whether professionally or personally, we're always going to have challenges and obstacles that we have to overcome because mm. we, we, uh, we're like eternal students of life. There's always new things we have to learn about ourselves or about uh, tools and, and strategies and things that we can apply to our personal lives or to our professional lives to grow. You know, we're here to learn and grow. And I think that's the beauty of the journey of life itself and the, the, the journey and process of success. Um, so there are times where you where you are smooth sailing, you know, where things are going well and you're coasting and you're like, awesome, you know, pat on the back. All right, I've set things up. Things are good. But then something inevitably happens, whatever it may be, you know, something unforeseen. But for me, uh, those are exciting adventures because you all you always overcome and um, I think that's part of the fun of being an entrepreneur is 
is growing through challenges and obstacles and learning new things constantly, you know, mm. makes it yeah. a pleasure. And I think there's a lot, and I think the, the difference between what is maybe a successful startup or a successful entrepreneur versus one that oftentimes doesn't make it all, and not always, but a lot of times is whether they, because there are going to be those times, the, the easiest times are the times that you feel like success, right? When you feel like success, everybody feels good. You're not hitting in the trial times, but every, inevitably with almost every business, you're going to have the trying times or things that you're going to have to learn from or adjust to, or to figure out or do any of those things. And I think when, those are the times that kind of weed out the people that are just one, or, you know, almost the cliche of the old term entrepreneurs versus entrepreneurs in the sense from those that want to do entrepreneurs until they hit be until they hit the hard times and they fold up and go home versus those that struggle through figuring out whether it's, pivoting, whether it's doing something different, whether it's just, hey, weathering a storm or anything else, figuring that out and continuing on makes a, a big difference versus how oftentimes, if you don't do that, you're not, you're never going to make it long-term. Well, absolutely, I agree, you know, and part of what uh, drives me is that from the get-go, I established my business plan, and I, and I, believe that that's an imperative part of, of establishing any company and setting it up for success, long-term success, is you have to begin with the end in mind, uh, begin with the full vision of what you are setting out to create and intend to do. So that, that also keeps you inspired and motivated no matter what obstacles or, or challenges you're facing today because you know that you're still moving forward to get to where you intend to, to, to be in the future. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's also very important. And so for me, yeah, I've laid out the vision of not only this company, but the other things uh, and opportunities that I intend to um, pursue once this is established, you know? So I, I call it my never ending to-do list uh, and I love it, you know? I intend to create this business and get it to its potential. And then I, and, and actually part of that being not only are we, we have the digital magazine, the print magazine, but I'm producing Beverly Hills Magazine TV, which will be available for subscription. So it's just a different uh, revenue stream and business model in the publishing space. Mm. But then I intend to produce a scripted series based on my life as editor in chief, which I've written. I've got a 13 episode ready, uh, season one ready to go, which I also intend to star in. And then I wanna produce uh, feature films and move into just greater levels of creativity. Um, so you see, I've got a very long-term vision. So right now, the way I see even Beverly Hills Magazine, it's still just the groundwork of what I'm establishing uh, as the foundation of my entire future, the rest of my life. You know, I was, I'm just getting started. <laughs> and I got a lot more work ahead of me, but I'm, I'm excited about it. No, and I, and I think that uh, that it's always an exciting time. But, you know, and I'll get your their thoughts. So, and then I'll give you my thoughts. But yeah. so when you do the the business plan, so that it all, you know, let's say, you know, every, and I think I'm a proponent of a business plan, you know, so is everything going, gone according to plan? And if you were to pick up the original business plan, has it gone exactly how you envisioned? Or has there had to be pivots and adjustments along the way? Actually, it is. It's, it's manifesting according to plan just perfectly. It's uh, quite amazing. Uh, and again, I, I don't take any credit for this. I attribute it all to, to God's grace and his, his glory in my life because, you know, m my story isn't one of a girl who's, you know, made all the right decisions and I'm some hotshot self-made, you know, chick. I, uh, it's quite the opposite. In my, my professional failures of the past, 
I went to God and I sought his uh, guidance and his instruction. And, and he was faithful to answer that prayer of repentance, I would call it, because I admitted I was, I made all the wrong decisions and I couldn't do it on my own. I needed his help. And he's been guiding me through dreams, through supernatural revelations. And this is how I've been able to effectively build this business uh, single-handedly. I mean, I, I have a very small but effective team of maybe five to seven freelancers. Uh, but otherwise, it's just been me and the grace of God upon me to be able to build this thing with no money. Uh, let me remind you of that. <laughs> so, so, yeah. And, I'll give, and I think that's an interesting point. One thought, because what I... And you gave the opposite answer of what I was expecting, which is completely fine. So normally, <laughs> or a lot of startups I work with in small businesses, either whether I've been a part of or other ones, oftentimes when you do a business plan, you never stay according to the plan. And that's usually the, the, the common complaint is, hey, I, I do a business plan, but then I always pivot or I have to adjust or I have to do something different than what I anticipate. I don't recommend that. I don't recommend that. I think you have to stay true to your vision. You have to actually be very determined not to veer away from it. And I th and actually, I've written about, in my book, Seven Oracles of Success, one of the chapters is, is uh, called Fight for Your Future. And mm -hmm. that's probably one of the principles that would apply to this situation. Because there's going to be things that are going to want you or, or try and distract you from veering off course or, or making pivots, as you call them. But you don't want you don't want to do that because that could lead you astray and actually not to the vision, the original intended vision. And this is again why God's provision and God's presence in my life has helped me stay so true to the vision because I stay in a place of prayer, I stay in a place of faith. Uh, so, because he put the vision on my heart. Again, I don't take glory for this. You know, he's, I say, this is God's company. He's just letting me manage it. Mm. Um, because it was a walk of faith from the get-go. I didn't have money. I didn't have resources. I didn't have connections. God has helped me supernaturally by opening the right doors and bringing the right people and provision to help me build this thing with no money. Okay. Mm. Uh, so uh, yeah, you Stay true to the vision, fight for your future, fight for that original vision. Don't let anything veer you off course. There's going to be people who are going to be naysayers. There's going to be distractions. Uh, all sorts of things come into your path that are going to try to stop you or block you. But you can't let anything. You so got to go for it. I'll play it. devil's advocate. You got to be all I, in. Because I'm an attorney, I'll play devil's advocate for just I love it. I love that movie, by the way. <laughs> so if I do that, because you, you have kind of a dichotomy, because the second company, you would I would assume you'd still had some, maybe you didn't, but you'd have the vision or you'd have a you know, business plan for that one. And yet you figured out that you had a growth, a limited growth potential. And so you shut it down. So how do you, how do you balance between staying true to your vision or what you want to do versus saying, Hey, I realize that this business needs to be shut down or I need to direct it otherwise. How do you balance those two or make, you know, make sure that you don't, on the one hand, you stick to it and you make sure that you execute on your, your business plan. And the other hand, when you realize, Hey, this isn't going to work out, then you, you know, then you do something else. So, you know, does that make sense? How do you or, uh, balance those two? Well, the second magazine, I actually also didn't establish a solid business plan. So from the get-go, mm -hmm. without that, the foundation and the vision was not perfectly clear. Okay. So that's probably one of the other lessons I learned and, and uh, did differently on the third publication. Hey, third time's a charm. <laughs> actually, God always tells me that third time's a charm. So um, mm -hmm. 
really, it's been the Lord's presence in my life that has also given me the assurance that I can continue to pursue this and know that he's with me and he's going to help me along the way that I'm not alone in it, you know? So, so I'm confident to pursue it all the way. I'm all in no matter what comes against me. All right. No, that makes sense. So what is it, you know, if you don't have a business plan, then it's, then you, it makes it more difficult or you may end up shutting down the business or not fully establishing it as you should. And then the second one, at least if you have a, a spirit, you know, if you have a spiritual nature, you, you have a belief in a God or in a higher power, or whatever that may be, is to seek out that as part of your business plan, as part of the life, and rather than separate it as personal and business to see how you both can integrate together. So I think those are both great, or great things to learn from. So now as you look, switching gears slightly, but now as you look at, you know, the magazine, Early Hills magazine for the next six to 12 months, where do you see it going? How do you see it progressing or what's the, the outlook? And I know you mentioned a few, whether it's a television and that, that's going to be an, you know, subscription on demand, but how do you see kind of what are those guiding principles and where is it headed next? Well, that's the thing. The business plan is the general overview of the company's vision, right? It's not all the, the details. Um, because those, as you move, move forward, you're going to, you're going to discover those elements and assets that will build the business, okay? Um, and so with the beginning with the end in mind, I mean, yeah, the television show is, a, is an additional revenue stream within the company of the subscription-based model. We have print, we have digital print and television. And then um, the television, the other, the scripted show based on my life, which will move me into an entirely different uh, industry, which would be, you know, television and film production, where I'll wear just one more hat uh, mm. in terms of my creativity. Uh, so those are my personal visions and professional visions. Uh, but, you know, this, and yeah, definitely. See, I'm a, I, I want to say like I'm a spiritual, my message is one of like spiritual success because I believe you have to put your spiritual growth before your material growth. And that's what happened in my journey is I actually developed my relationship with God first and foremost. And it was from that place that he enabled me to manifest all of these amazing, almost impossible dreams because I had zero resources that, that would make it feasible in anyone's eyes at that point. Um, and so, uh, because, okay, so I'm a born again Christian, right? And so God's word says, you know, the, the faith is the evidence of things unseen and the, the substance of things hoped for. So essentially faith is the building blocks of our future. I'm just a girl who's exercising her faith because I went to God. I sought God's uh, provision, his guidance. I don't pray for money. I pray for wisdom, for divine alignments, for doors of opportunity, for strategic connections, for the right resources, the right team. I pray for all the intangible things, the intangible assets that are going to allow me, uh, that will manifest my dream life. The money will come. The money is like a byproduct of all that, right? And so that's my message. And that's what I talk about in my book, Seven Oracles of Success. So the seven spiritual principles of success that I've learned and effectively applied to my life to, to manifest my dream life in my walk with the Lord. And um, it's available to everybody. And I actually, I've, I also have a webinar where I, I teach the principles more in depth. And I have a, a four-week coaching program where I go even more in depth to teach 
people um, the spiritual principles that they can apply to their lives uh, to to manifest their dream lives as well. Uh, you know, no, I, I'm that, just an that, ordinary girl living an extraordinary life. So we can yeah, all do the same. That's the best way to live life. So, well, as we get towards the end of the podcast, and there's always plenty more things that oh, we so wish soon. to have time. I know, time <laughs> flies by, and there's it's never so enough time to talk about everything. But I always have two questions I always ask at the end of the podcast, so we'll probably jump to those now. Um, first question I always ask is, so what was your worst business decision? Or one say, right. Um, you know, I love my family, but I have to say starting a company with, with my siblings, you know, I think th the reason being is because I think we are all endowed with unique gifts and talents and in, in whether you're in a family with brothers and sisters or whatever, we all have to forge our own path. And we have to we have to do that in independence. So, so in hindsight, yeah, that's something I, I wouldn't do again. I love them. I would love to support them in their own pursuits and and their own you know uh, dreams. But but definitely remaining true to yourself and pursuing your own independent dreams, I think is is the key to stepping into your own destiny. As an no, and I think family, you know, that's always a hard one and. Because I've done it on both sides. I've worked with family. I've done things on my own. And thankfully, both have worked out well. But, you know, yeah. family is a hard one in the sense that on the one hand, you know the people, you know their strengths, you can get along with them. And yet, on the other hand, you know, if you're not working with a family, when you go to Thanksgiving, you go to the Christmas or anything else, it's a much different thing. You're not talking about business. You don't have the strains of the business. The business is going yeah. well or not exactly. going well. It doesn't affect the relationship. So I think that there's pluses and minuses on both. But I certainly think it's one that, as you're looking to, if you decide to bring family on or if you, whether you're considering it, you have to wait carefully because a lot of times you just think about it's all upside. Hey, we'll all do a great job. And yet you, when you bring in the family dynamic, it changes the nature of the business. So absolutely. So then we'll jump to the second question, which is, so somebody that's just getting into a startup or a small business, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them? I would say be patient in the growth process of what you intend to build. Uh, mm -hmm. Rome wasn't built in a day, but it was built. So lay the groundwork of the company, uh, create slow but steady systems and processes uh, within your company that you can apply every day uh, to create automation uh, so that once they are firmly established, you've you've created a well-oiled machine that will then free up so much more of your time and give you the, the freedom to be able to pursue other dreams and, and, and other businesses. So definitely that, but patience is key. Patience and processes. Slow and steady wins the race. Hmm. No, I mean, that, that's great advice. So well, as we wrap things up, and I and I'm, I think it was an you've taken an interesting journey and one that I think will be fun to see is how that continues to evolve. Um, what is the best way people want to find out about your magazine, about your books, or connect with you, or any any or all of the above? What's the best way to reach out or connect? Sure. Well, my website is where you can find resources to everything: the magazine, the books, 
uh, at JacquelineMadison.com. That's J-A-C-Q-U-E-L-I-N-E-M-A-D-D-I-S-O-N. Madison with two Ds. Uh, or of course, there's BeverlyHillsMagazine.com, SevenOraclesOfSuccess.com, or LiveYourDreamLife.com. And you can contact me uh, from my website. Just send me a message. I'm on all the social media platforms. I'd love to connect with all of you. You know, I'm really, I'm, I'm rooting for everybody. I want everybody to take that leap of faith and to step into their own, uh, you know, destiny and live their dream life too. Awesome. Well, I definitely encourage people to check out the, all the, everything I have going on from the books to the magazines to the TV show and everything in between. And uh, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Um, for those of you that uh, have your own inventive journey to tell, um, if you'd like to apply to be a, a guest on the podcast, you can just go to inventivejourneyguest.com and we'd love to have you on. Um, for those of you that are listeners, make sure to click subscribe so you hear this episode and all the new episodes coming out. And lastly, if you need any help with patents or trademarks as a startup or small business, reach out to us at Miller IP Law. Jacqueline, thank you again for coming on. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun to hear your journey. And I wish, wish the next leg of your journey even better than the last. I received that. Thank you. God bless you. And I God bless all your listeners. I appreciate your time. All right. Thank you.